0: I got you into a Remington party! What's
1: my thanks? It's
2: on the hallway carpet! I got paid in puke! Lick it up, baby!
0: I got paid in puke! Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. Welcome to Paid in Puke. (laughs) This is season eight. Episode one, wherein we, we will be discussing all things Florence Pugh, and don't worry, darling.
2: All of you wives. With you all the time. We men, we ask a lot. Can't you see? We ask for strength. <laughs> to be food at home, a house clean. With you all the time. And discretion above all else. boys
1: and their toys at least we know they're getting work done
2: welcome
3: to the victory project we're all here because we believe in the mission
2: what are we doing
1: changing the world
2: what are we doing changing the world that's right
1: what do you think they're really doing out there what do you mean the one thing they ask of us is to stay here ...where it's safe.
0: Do you even know what the Victory Project actually is? Have you ever asked? Do you? Please. What's actually happening? Stop it, Alice.
2: What if this place is dangerous? What if- Stop what... It! No. Jack. It's okay. I'm curious to hear where she's going with this.
1: I need you to listen to me. They're lying about everything.
2: We are not going backwards. We're pushing forward.
3: Everyone is acting like I'm crazy. And I'm
0: not crazy. Our life together. We could lose this. Don't Worry Darling is Olivia Wilde's 2022 sophomore directing effort, with a script by Katie Silberman, who heavily reworked the one written by Carrie and Shane Van Dyke. I am Jessica Baxter.
3: Oh, I'm Annie Malone,
0: (laughs) but you can also call me Amy Green. And I'm
4: Christina Barr.
0: I want to kick things off with a timeline of the Don't Worry (laughs) Darling drama. So here it is.
1: You want to hear a story about how me and this bitch here fell out?
0: It's kind of long, but it's full of suspense. Our tale begins in November 2019. Actor Florence Pugh is fresh off her spellbinding turn in Ari Aster's Midsommar. Audiences have yet to see her career-changing performance in Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Pugh sits down for Variety to interview actor Beanie Feldstein, the star of Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, Booksmart. Pew expresses her desire to work with Wilde. I have many questions about Booksmart. Uh, A, what was it like to work with Olivia Wilde because I am totally in love with her. And and how was the shoot like with that many young actors? And and what were the difficulties and what were the best days? Please fill me in. I think you and Olivia would be like, you'd be so drawn to each other because she's just as fearless as you are and her work On screen and off screen. I can tell. I think Olivia is a remarkable director She's so fresh and energetic and so I was believed in her so much It was Olivia's kind of confidence in all of us that I think made us all rise to the occasion I think Olivia and Greta share that in that every
4: character in all of their movies just has some has a moment Mm. that makes them clear and complex and lovely and someone you wanna watch for a whole movie of their own.
0: I also feel like with films that size, everybody is so invested in the script that it it becomes like this, Everybody's making it. Totally. It's a everybody's labor making love. it, and everybody's lifting things, and everybody's eating everyone's food. <laughs> and you're there for one sole purpose, which is you all believe in the script, and you all believe in in the team, and you'll do anything Passion, for it. Yeah. yeah. April 2020, amid casting news for the follow-up to Olivia Wilde's Smart, Florence Pugh posts on her Instagram: "At Olivia Wilde just tagged me in a picture." Gasp number one at Olivia Wilde, casted me in a film. Gasp number two. At Olivia Wilde is my idol and allowed me to be a part of this feckin' incredible cast. Shia, Chris, Gasp number three. September 2020. Problematic actor Shia LaBeouf, originally slated to star opposite Pew in Don't Worry Darling, leaves the project. Deadline reports that he's exiting due to a scheduling conflict, but Variety reports that he, quote, displayed poor behavior and his style clashed with the cast and crew, including Wilde, who ultimately fired him, end quote. Dunkirk actor and former one direction singer harry styles is soon announced as his replacement Wilde later says that harry was her first choice but he couldn't commit due to his touring schedule the pandemic freed him up november 2020 olivia and ted lasso star jason sudeikis announced the end of their seven-year relationship which involves shared custody of their two children Production on Don't Worry Darling is halted for two weeks after a member of the crew tests positive for COVID. Pew, Styles, and Pine are all quarantined on location in Palm Springs. December 2021, Wilde gives an interview to Vogue, which highlights the sex in Don't Worry Darling, saying she, quote, realized how rarely they see female hunger and specifically this type of female pleasure. End quote. January 2021, Wilde and Styles are spotted holding hands in public. People Magazine reports that based on the actor's behavior on Don't Worry Darling set, quote, everyone saw it coming, end quote. February 2021, Wilde conducts an interview with promising young woman director Emerald Fennell for Variety's Directors on Directors series. She explains her no assholes policy on the Don't Worry Darling set. Quote, It puts everybody on the same level. I think that it is an unfortunate part of the kind of paradigm that has been created over the last 100 years. The idea that great art has to come from a place of discomfort and anxiety. End quote. She never mentions Shia or his exit in this interview. February 13, 2021. Don't Worry Darling Filming Wraps. April 2022. The Don't Worry Darling press tour begins. Wilde presents the trailer at CinemaCon. A process server approaches and hands her a manila envelope marked personal and confidential.
2: I want
1: you to imagine a life where you have everything you could ever want, ever dream of. Not just the material, tangible things like a beautiful house and perfect weather and gorgeous cars. This is for me, right now. <laughs> Very mysterious. I'm going to open it now because it feels like it's time to use the script. Oh, okay. Got it. Thank you. Um, But, you know, gorgeous cars, but also the things that that really matter, like true love with the perfect partner, real trusted friendships and a purpose that feels meaningful.
0: Deadline reports that the envelope contained legal documents from Sudeikis that were meant to establish jurisdiction relating to the couple's children. A source close to Sidakis claims the actor, quote, "...had no prior knowledge of the time or place that the envelope would have been delivered, as this would solely be up to the process service company involved, and he would never condone her being served in such an inappropriate manner." End quote. This same month, Harry Styles releases the single, As It Was, which contains the following lyrics. Nothing to say when everything gets in the way. Seems you cannot be
2: replaced, and I'm the one who will stay. You know it's not the same.
0: July 2022. People have started to notice that Flo hasn't mentioned Don't Worry Darling on Insta, despite posting about other work and adventures. The fire is fueled on July 21st, when Wilde posts a shot of herself in the editing suite, with a close-up of Florence Pugh on the monitors, and the caption, quote, Watching this woman work was such a fucking thrill. Cannot wait to show you more, end quote. Pugh does not like or comment on the post. July 30th, page 6 runs a story claiming that Pew and Wilde have had a falling out over the latter's relationship with Stiles. Says a source, quote, I can tell you for a fact that Flo seeing Olivia and Harry all over each other on set did not go down well, as Olivia was still with Jason when she first hooked up with Harry. Jason and the kids visited Olivia on set at the beginning a few times, so I think this all made people feel a little uncomfortable. End quote. August 2022, August 10th, Pew makes her first insta-post about Don't Worry Darling since the casting news. It's a movie poster with a half-second clip from the film and the caption, quote, Not everyone gets this opportunity. Not long now. Only in theaters, September 23, August 16th, Pew gives an interview in Harper's Bazaar, in which she takes issue with the way Wilde has marketed the film, quote, when it's reduced to your sex scenes, or to watch the most famous man in the world go down on someone, it's not why we do it. It's not why I'm in this industry. Obviously, the nature of hiring the most famous pop star in the world. You're going to have conversations like that. That's just not what I'm going to be discussing. Because this movie is bigger and better than that. And the people who made it are bigger and better than that." End quote. August 24th. Wilde gives an interview to Variety. And once again, she speaks enthusiastically about the sex scenes in Don't Worry Darling. Quote, It's tea time in London and Olivia Wilde is talking about the O word. No, not the Oscars, but her approach to sex scenes in her new movie, Don't Worry Darling. Men don't come in this film. She declares over cucumber sandwiches and scones at Claridge's. Just blocks away from Buckingham Palace. Only women here! A bizarre way to market it given what we now know about the film. This is also the interview where she decides to throw Shia under the bus. His process was not conducive to the ethos that I demand in my productions. He seems to require combative energy, and I don't personally believe that is conducive to the best performances. I believe that creating a safe, trusting environment is the best way to get people to do their best work. Ultimately, my responsibility is to the production and to the cast to protect them. That was my job. I knew that I was going to be asking Florence to be in very vulnerable situations, and my priority was making her feel safe and making her feel supported. End quote august 26th he's been mia since his fka twigs abuse allegations but he pops up with an open letter to olivia saying quote you and i both know the reasons for my exit i quit your film because your actors and i couldn't find time to rehearse end quote to prove his point he shares text messages he claims to have received from wilde that show her attempting to keep him on the project and a Marco Polo sent August 19th, 2020, two days after he left the project.
2: Shia,
1: I feel like I'm not ready to give up on this yet and I too am heartbroken and I want to figure this out. I think this might be a bit of a wake up call for Miss Flo and I wanna know if you're open to giving this a shot with me, with us. If she really commits, if she really puts her, her mind and heart into it at this point, and if you guys can make peace, and I respect your point of view, I respect hers, but if you guys can do it, what do you think? Is there hope? Is there hope? Can you let me
0: know? Okay, bye. Florence limits the amount of press she will agree to do to promote the film. The Wrap confirms that the actress will not attend Don't Worry Darling's red carpet premiere. A studio executive says she'll be doing greetings for us from the set of Dune because she's not doing press. Days later, it's announced that Pew will skip the Venice Film Festival press conference due to her flight from the Dune set not getting in until after it has occurred. Curiously, Dune's co-star, Timothée Chalamet, will be available to attend the press conference in full for his project, Bones and All. September 2022 September 5th Ah, Venice True to her word, Florence Pugh skips the Venice Film Festival's Don't Worry Darling press conference, leaving Wilde, Stiles, Chris Pine, and Gemma Chan to do the heavy lifting. It is epically, deliciously awkward. Wilde dodges questions about tensions between herself and Pugh. When a journalist asks about Shia, a moderator shuts down the question. Stiles seems like he has never done an interview in his life. What I like about acting is I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, and it's quite fun. I don't know, I guess I haven't really thought about it that much, if I'm honest. You know, it's like driving fun cars and um,
2: a lot of fun stuff. That was really fun.
4: My favorite thing about the movie is, like, it feels like a like a movie. It feels like a real, like, you know, go to the theater, film, movie. that. You know, you you kind of, the reason why you go to watch something on the big screen.
0: Meanwhile, Gemma is the picture of oblivious grace, and Chris Pine hilariously disassociates. During the press conference, Florence Pugh rolls into Venice, donning a fabulous aubergine ensemble, and completes the look with an Aperol Spritz. She posts on Instagram what is only, at that time, her second mention of the film, with the caption "I'm here," her stylists post pictures of themselves getting their queen ready while wearing shirts that say "Miss Flow." On the red carpet, Florence wears an insanely ethereal Valentino dress and hugs Gemma Chan, Chris Pine, and Nick Kroll enthusiastically. Wild and Styles are completely invisible to her. Joan Crawford would have been proud. After the film's premiere, she continues to avoid meeting their gaze during the four-minute post-credits standing ovation. Pew ducks out while everyone is still clapping. Notably, Wilde and Styles also keep their distance in Venice, with Gemma Chan, Chris Pine, and Nick Kroll providing buffer duties throughout the event. Whether or not Stiles and Wilde are still together has yet to be revealed. <laughs> Desperate for answers, the internet notices that Chris Pine made a weird face when Harry Styles took his seat next to him at the Don't Worry Darling screening. Twitter spins that Mm -hmm. moment into a whole thing. Did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? Twitter studies it for about 24 hours with multiple Mm -hmm. angles and some hilarious edits and discourse. Up until this point, Harry's people have been completely silent, but they clear this right up. Harry Styles did not spit on Chris Pine. Editors note, I like the theory that Chris Pine just forgot where he put his sunglasses, and then he sees them in his lap. He is later seen putting them on just as the lights dim. September 8th, 2022. Olivia does an interview with Vanity Fair, and denies rumors that she cheated on Jason Sudeikis with Harry Styles. Quote, The complete horseshit idea that I left Jason for Harry is completely inaccurate. Our relationship was over long before I met Harry. Like any relationship that ends, it doesn't end overnight. Unfortunately, Jason and I had a very bumpy road and we officially dissolved the relationship towards the beginning of the pandemic. We were raising two kids during lockdown, so we co-parented through that time. Once it became clear that cohabitating was no longer beneficial for the children, it became the responsible thing to not, because we could be better parents as friends who live in different houses. End quote. September 19th, New York premiere. Florence Pugh does not attend. Neither does Chris Pine. Instead, they tag team on a pre-recorded IMAX intro. September 23rd, 2022, release day. Florence Pugh uses her now 8 million Instagram follower platform to boost news about women protesting oppression in Iran. She knew people would be checking her account to see if she was saying anything about the film, and she wasn't. September 25th, Florence posts what many suspect is her one contractually obligated social media post to promote Don't Worry Darling. A series of photos from the shoot. The cover shot is Flo sitting in a makeup chair with pointer fingers up both nostrils. Enter actor Kiki Lane, best known for films If Beale Street Could Talk, Coming to America, and The Old Guard, the actress who plays Margaret in the film, posted the following to her Insta, Quote, The best thing about hashtag don't worry darling is that I was lucky enough to meet at Aurel Stachel. They cut us from most of the movie, but we thriving in real life. Love you, Ari. Heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji. Hashtag, got my check. Hashtag, got my man. Hashtag, everything happens for a reason, end quote. Lane shared photos with Stachel, a 2018 Tony Award winner for the band's visit, who commented, quote, my love, you are a queen, and your talent shines so bright. I was thirsty then, and I'm thirsty now, end quote. Gemma Chan, one of few other actors of color in the film, also comments with a heart emoji. Opening weekend, Don't Worry Darling earns $19 million domestically and $30 million worldwide against its $35 million budget. Drama, drama, drama. Holy fucking shit. Let's get into this movie. (laughs) tells the story of Alice, Florence Pugh, and 1950s style housewife who lives an idyllic life alongside her husband, Jack, Harry Styles, in a mysterious town called Victory, run by an enigmatic figure named Frank, played by Chris Pine. Don't Worry Darling also stars Olivia Wilde, Kiki Lane, Gemma Chan, Kate Berlant. Shut up. Hot props is on. Oh, shit, yeah. I feel like we should start with hot props. So I just feel okay, like we should yeah, just kick yeah, it off with that. Some hot props for, a show, for All right. a show. Who wants to
3: start hot props? Um, well, I mean, I thought the pacing was a prop. And yeah. I thought it kind of dragged and like the imagery was real repetitive.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. was supposed to. I think evoke a sort of trapped in a, <laughs> a place <laughs> vibe, right? Right. But I don't think it was very effective. No. I've
3: yeah, I
4: thought the twist it was sort of like tacked on in the end. I felt like they should have had the twist come earlier because there was so much in the movie of Alice just being like something's weird. Something's weird. This is weird. weird. Or maybe there could have been like less this is weird.
0: Yeah. And have it just be more about the interpersonal drama right. and have it. It's interesting that you say the twist came too late because I read both the original script by the Van Dykes who are related to Dick Van Dyke, I forget how, and the shooting script, and both reveal the twist at the second act. And I feel like it was much more effective in both of those cases.
3: Because I was thinking when it was getting towards the end, one of my hot props was like, whatever the actual thing is, it's like too murky. She's getting close to something, what did she see? What are they really doing at the Victory Project? I mean, it was like enough of like, okay, we know there's a thing, you know.
0: Yeah. It kind of felt like a TV show, like the way a TV show would parse it out. Yeah. It just needed to come sooner. And I also, just going along with what you were saying, Annie, about the repetitiveness, I feel like Olivia Wilde did not know how to direct a genre picture. Mm. And when I mentioned this to my husband, he was like, what genre would you say it was? And I was like, And I was like, yeah, I guess it is supposed to be horror. Like, I could tell she was going for something. And there was a funny tweet about a white woman <laughs> doing a Jordan Peele movie. It's not really clear what genre she's going for. She needed to sort of commit to one. I guess when you think about the influences, there's Suspiria and Rosemary's Baby. Those are both definitely right. pretty firmly horror, but right, well, there's that's also I was Clockwork thinking. Orange... Yeah.
3: yeah, I saw that same Jordan Peele tweet, but I was like, I don't know, it's like an I Eleven movie. Yeah, but so that's because
0: like, Jordan Peele was cribbing Ira Eleven. Right, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like
3: whoever wrote that wasn't aware of Standard Wives, because it's like,
0: all right. I think it's Jordan Peele in the sense that it's like the way that he modernized the Ira Eleven look. Also, Ira like Levin. the
3: guys in the red jumpsuits, I thought. Oh yeah, like, that reminded me much. of us. yes, yeah. yeah. I that was too provocative of us.
0: Very much so. And in the shooting script, it was written as just, like, the milkman and the post-van. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of even more scary. That, it's like, it's like, like the they're people, right here. They're here all the time. Yeah. They're always watching you, and you can't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. The idea yeah. of civil servants working for Frank. Yeah. I I- among us. I-
4: yeah, yeah. I read a lot of like the letterboxed reviews. They yeah. did mention that, like, get out for white women,
0: not for white women, but for, I don't know, by
4: white women, <laughs> buy white women or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just remember, like, I saw like a lot of people commented yeah. that it seemed like she borrowed a lot of stuff from other movies. Mm-hmm. It's like she took all these successful things that, that from other movies and put them all together, to
0: like, but didn't really understand why. Is the vibe I was getting. She was definitely doing a Rosemary's Baby thing with the doctor and the paranoia and is she crazy?
2: Most of my patients have had nightmares. I have some pills I can prescribe for that.
0: But it also felt like it was by someone who had been told what that experience was like and hadn't experienced it themselves. Mm. Yeah. It's really been hard for me to put my finger on what it was that bothered me about it, but there's definitely something in the direction that feels disingenuous to me. Right, and yeah, like, what's the, the point like, of like where I felt like she fully understood the comedy vibe and nailed it, and that really felt like her wheelhouse. And then the direction here feels really forced, like, almost like someone was like, you should follow it up with the genre picture, and she was like, okay, I guess I'll figure out how to do that, and it didn't quite work. Yeah, I
3: see what you're saying, like, it's a thriller made by someone who's not a fan of thrillers. Yes, you know? thank yeah. you. <laughs> all right. I'm, like, really thinking about it. I'm all very stuck on the, like, get out for white women, that's like, okay, but that's just separate wives. Right! <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I know.
4: It's probably a bunch of young people that right. have never yeah. seen Stepford Wives or even <laughs> knew what that is.
3: Right. I mean, it's just funny because remember when Get Out? Like when we saw the trailer for Get Out, it's like okay, Black Lives Matter, yeah. yeah. Stepford
0: Wives. Right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true I'm just gonna go back and forth forever <laughs> it's gonna pe R11 chicken or the egg <laughs> <laughs> who knows who can remember well I mm. like what
3: you're saying about sort of like the gaslighting by someone who hasn't mm. experienced because like I feel like that's something that's so effective in rosemary's baby and separate wives it's like the woman like figures the whole thing out yeah and also there's an, a kiss before dying I think it's called anyway like that was a kiss thing you know yeah and it's like they figure the whole thing out and it's like man that's Crazy! This was just crazy, you know. Uh-huh. And then it's like, guess what? She was right. Yeah. And this is like, I know there's something weird going on,
0: <laughs> but I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm gonna find out. And it's
3: like, oh shh.
0: That didn't really feel true to the character. Mm -hmm. And that, again, that was like a rework from the shooting script, which is that she does figure it out really early, and they do keep resetting her, but, like, she figures it out. It's revealed, and she figures it out, and they keep resetting her, which I do think is more insidious than just, I've almost got it. And then as soon as I've almost got it, you do something to...
3: Right, or it would have been more if they were, like little tiny flashes of the modern life, the real life. Because I feel like that's what it would really be. I mean... Right. She'd remember She, she would remember her real life on some level, right? Like, yeah. The people who are in there and they know they're in there... Right. Like, like the Jack, difference?
0: Like it seems like it would be kind of scarier too if he like got something wrong about their past, like was referencing their past in real life. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, I thought this other thing. and then, Right. And then she remembers mm-hmm. that the way that he said it the first... You know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, because of the fact that they all have their set paths and their set (laughs) backstories. Yeah,
4: they all have the same same memories, or meeting their husband. Where did you meet Bill?
0: We met on a train to Boston. Boston. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You dropped your ticket, and he bent down, picked it up, gave it to you, right? It is, yeah. That's how Margaret met Ted. And Peg, am I right in thinking that that's how Debbie McIntyre met her husband? Yes, I am. That's how they met. (coughs) Yes, that's true. I'm I'm jealous, honestly. It's such a sweet story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Isn't that funny, the way it's coincidence? incredible. There are only so many different stories that we're told. We're told what we remember until we try to remember things that they want us to forget.
4: Remembering your real life or knowing that something is wrong or this isn't real is like a bug in that universe. You have to be like electric shock therapied out of that. It, yeah, I was what really the sick before, that kind yeah. of thing.
3: Right.
2: Delusions, memory problems, hysteria. We saw these issues with Margaret and know that it's uh, completely curable. Dr. Collins prescribed you a suite of medications, which you were clearly not taking. The question is why? He's lying to us. He's lying to all of us.
0: Like, don't you remember when we were Honeymoon in Niagara Falls? You better take your pills. Like, that kind of thing. The shooting script was so much better than the movie we saw, which is disappointing. (laughs) And goes along with another hot prop that is also related to the drama, which is the Margaret Kiki Lane cut. Release the Kiki Lane cut. (laughs) It does not make any sense that they cut her character. Why did they do that Right. she's so pivotal and Alice is always referencing her friendship like this is supposed to be her best friend and they start the movie with her best friend gone basically mm-hmm. and she keeps being like she tried to warn me and it's like well when did she do that Right. When did you see that show that and it's right. all that stuff happens off screen but she's so important and that's really weird it's such a weird decision
3: yeah. It's a movie I feel like has a weird blind spot with race because it doesn't seem like race is really a factor in the 1950s, which is <laughs> like not right, you know? I mean, yeah. I guess like it sort of does make sense when you realize what's really happening, you know? Yeah.
0: It would have been nice if they'd said something about it or at least to try to address it if it would be like the reason it's not a factor is because we're in this idyllic community we've right, created. Right, like we're so progressive yeah. Or something. And that actually would have been kind of a nice cover almost for mm-hmm. why they're so separated. Because he does keep referencing the outside world and how bad things are there. But it's like, <laughs> no, here we're we're very much into swooping people of color aside and silencing them as well. And getting them to leave as soon as possible. And then Jemma Chan's character, Shelly, also doesn't make any fun Sense in the movie. She's Frank's wife. Oh, she's okay. like yeah. so she's like British, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. she's so complicit.
3: His family has built something truly special. It's a different way, a better way.
0: And yes. then at the end, she's, she's like. like Die, oh man. I still don't know if her character was gonna take over now or if she was suddenly mad about him and wanted revenge mm-hmm. and was freeing herself. They don't make that clear at all. And in the yeah. script they cut some of her scenes too. In the shooting script, she kinda wakes up and is like, Oh, I wanna free myself and that part is clear and she just has this one little pithy line in the movie, and it's like, it's my turn now. <laughs> it's your turn to what? Like, leave or become Frank or what? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what that was supposed to be.
4: I thought that Frank wasn't depraved enough or something. I don't know. They're, they're, he just seems like an idiot, didn't seem kind like of. He seemed like, like a real sick. I don't know. What
2: is <laughs> the enemy <laughs> of progress? Chaos. Yes. <sighs> nasty word.
4: I mean, he was like menacing and stuff. There was just something, I don't know. He's I just guess like, like an I just... annoying
0: guy that you'd get stuck talking to at a party. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I've been waiting for someone like you, someone To challenge me Yeah
0: He didn't seem smart enough To have devised all of that He just
4: seemed like A really attractive I guess I just didn't find him
0: As scary as I thought I was supposed to He was just more annoying Than menacing That like
3: kind of Worked for me Like I feel like That's part of what The movie is trying to say Is white men are so used To being like the default Main (laughs) character You know what I mean And it's like He can be someone Who's like so average He's like an average White guy who just Thinks he's the king You know Yeah Outsmarted everyone Well just like that He's just sort of by default, on top, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's also like he's based on Jordan Peterson, who is, Yeah, like... <laughs> that's so embarrassing, that guy, you know? I mean, he's pretty ineffectual. That's very
0: true. That's a good point.
3: I <laughs> thought the marginalized were supposed to have a voice.
0: I forgot about that. I do like that idea. And then, it's not clear in the movie, but there is a case to be made that this is just technology that exists already that they repurposed and that's why it doesn't work very well they're not like some geniuses that created this world. Yeah. Like he's maybe some guy that got fired from the company that created this technology and was like I'm just gonna go make my own MLM basically. <laughs> Create some MLM right. that,
4: Yeah it's so crazy <laughs> that
0: he's just i am gonna be worshipped. society where right. people like want to be with well, me that's, yeah
3: <laughs> I was like I want to go back to a time when you
0: know like, <laughs> my genius was appreciated Yes, Yes. my vision and all those guys I did think that was really effective is that it seems like all the guys are so obsessed with him Mm -hmm. it's like the best thing the girl does is be so thirsty for for Frank right
4: I kind of thought when it goes to the present day and, like, he's this dejected husband (laughs) at the computer or whatever, and he's supposed to be, like, an incel, but an incel being married or having a wife, like, that's not, like, the usual incel. incel.
0: I think it's supposed to be, like, a rabbit hole he goes down. I don't think this works very well, but I did sit for a long time trying to figure out. Because it's very clear to me that they're trying to make his character sympathetic. And I don't think it works at all. It doesn't. But I think that's part of it is that he's supposed to be this devoted husband who was earning more than her and then he loses his job. But there's one line in the real world where he's like, how am I going to take care of you now? And she's like, it's fine. I still have my job. We'll pick up some more hours. And that's when he like starts going down the rabbit hole with the. Website and she's gone for thirty-hour shifts and she doesn't see this happening. That is supposed to make him sympathetic, and then also the the Pinocchio dance <laughs> at the club. But I don't think that Harry Styles is good enough actor to pull this off. But I think he was supposed to be showing like some sort of nuanced anguish when he's dancing,
3: mm.
0: like what have I got myself into? And I want to go comfort my wife, but I can't because I'm dancing with this guy and. <laughs> I don't think any of that is coming through, but I can see him sort of trying to. Like, oh, I just in did my recollection of his face in that scene, he was just like, mm, "I'm trying word hard." Not no, like what's happening. I mean, definitely not Proud of Estelle's acting. Not great actor. Yeah, I thought he was like fine, but I think I was
3: expecting so bad. Like, I don't know. I thought it was fine, but I didn't feel like I was supposed to feel sympathetic for him, especially in the modern. But you know, I mean, I felt like what it was not an in, incel but like how men find it emasculating if their wives are successful in any way. I don't know I would never be sympathetic to someone who is like their wife got home from work and he's like you didn't make dinner <laughs>
0: yeah oh my god that, that is yeah really he's like I didn't be. know what you wanted right
3: if you didn't answer my text in surgery why would you expect that
0: yeah, yeah. and then he was all hungry and grumpy and he's like I haven't eaten she's like right. why like, right like, <laughs> that was great that was a good exchange well,
3: that made sense to me it was like believable to me there's a kind of man not necessarily an incel there's married men too I think who long for a time when the roles were very very clear and the men were the providers and the women looked pretty and stayed home all day with the yeah. kids or whatever yeah. That was a better time for everyone, according to some people. <laughs> you know?
4: hmm. I thought it would have been interesting or creepier if it was like the weird guy at work that she hardly knew or something. Right. Like, which
3: is
0: what it is in the shooting script, also. Oh, really? That's, yeah.
3: Oh, so she's like not married? Right. It's just right. some, it's guy, just some like, guy
0: at work that head. was like, you look like you worked too hard and I was free. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a better movie. My yeah, that God. should have been. I, yeah, I, I think a, that. I think it was a better movie before. I wonder why they changed that. I Do you think they were really trying to make it, like, this guy is a victim also, (sighs) in a way? I don't think it was successful, but I think that's why they made those changes to Jack's character. Hmm. Because it's, like, society is toxic for both these people, uh, they're both victims. Yeah, She's trying to do a lot with it.
4: Yeah. And she wants the sex for the women to be, like... (laughs)
0: So okay, like, And that was that's just, like, thing, another... That's another hot prop for sure, which yeah. is obviously that she almost forgot what her movie was about. I mean, it's one thing to, like, not want to reveal the twist, and it's another thing to completely misrepresent the movie in order to be like, it's a feminist movie, even the sex is feminist, when the sex is actually... I mean, it's a rape, because she's a prisoner every time. Right. It's a rape. It doesn't matter if he's going or down on her. Right. She did not consent to be there. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah it's really weird.
3: That's like a parody of feminists. Like, feminism is when guys <laughs> don't nut. You know what I mean? I like, that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's
3: yeah. what I mean by Please. that. She doesn't like, quite that. it. I don't know. It's like, girl, you do
0: not speak for us. No. I'm, I'm so glad that That's she hasn't that. had that many traumas in her life related to being a woman, but you got to talk to other women about their experiences because, yeah, that is not feminism. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> That's a funny t-shirt. Though. Feminism is when guys don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I would wear that. <laughs> okay. What did
4: you think about, like, the eyeball and the ladies dancing?
3: That's the imagery that I thought was too repetitive, was but, too like, I yeah. feel like that would have been more effective if the reveal was a little earlier. Because, like, her eyeball is all clockwork-oranged
0: up. and if they, they use that as, like, a shorthand of her getting sucked back in after mm-hmm. she figured it out again. Right. And sometimes changes will happen when you're shooting because you have to make them for budgetary reasons. Or so I know they were shut down for two weeks for COVID. But like, it does seem like there's a lot of rewriting on set that Mm -hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense. Rewriting and reworking. It is disappointing to read a script that has so much potential and then have it Mm -hmm. get kind of squandered.
3: I feel like there's a potentially really good movie in here, you know? Yeah. And I didn't like hate it. I thought it was fine. Not totally successful. Okay movie. Yeah,
0: but it definitely could have been tighter and it definitely could have been a lot better. It could have been great and it yeah. was, it's just okay. There's things that are not good. Okay. <laughs> like the on the nose dialogue, again, a lot of this stuff not really in the script quite this blatant of a way. Like lines like, don't get hysterical, you're acting crazy. <laughs> right. A lot of Nazi stuff that's not in the script says like pure or like whose world who's is Whose world, this world is Whose world is it? Ah! Literally, when they cut to Florence, it sounds like they're saying Zieg Next call. Why do you think Olivia chose this story as her follow-up to Booksmart?
4: Seems like she wants to do something about feminism or... Women, I don't know.
3: <laughs> women. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you read the original script mm-hmm. and it seemed like a potentially good movie in there, you yeah. know? Probably because it felt like she could make a good movie out of it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm.
4: There were so many beautiful Palm Springs and the clothes
0: and yeah. the I hair and the clothes, stuff. Yeah. I love like
3: the look. All the women like their looks. I really, really
0: like Yeah. Them. Stylistically, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And um, there were some fun shooting locations.
4: Like Frank's house is, okay. it's like a yes. famous home oh, in really? Palm Springs. Yeah.
0: Coffin Desert House. It's made famous by Slim Aaron's poolside gossip photo. Oh. And then the victory headquarters is the Volcano House in the Mojave Desert, which was owned by Hewell Hauser. Who's that? Television personality.
4: Hewell oh. mm-hmm. was one of a kind, a down-home, folksy voice, bringing us the hidden treasures of California for three decades.
2: Hi, I'm Hewell Hauser. And right now, I'm riding high up over the beach here in Santa Cruz, one of our state's most beautiful and historic communities. He donated
0: the house to Chapman University in 2012. My former brother-in-law went there. And then there really was a nightclub called the Dollhouse in Palm Springs in the 1950s. That's the club in the, it's the Dollhouse nightclub. Oh, right. Where Dita is there. Did they kidnap Dita Von Teese? <laughs> in the world of this movie? Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Shelly's like, I have a special surprise for you. And it's like, Dita Von Teese is tied up in her house in real life. Not everybody is real. Like, the kids aren't real. That's true. Maybe she's you not can just real. program things. Yeah.
4: So if the kids aren't real, then Margaret's son, no kid ever died or something. That's true, and
0: that is so fucked up. There is a line, she says they took him away to punish her, which, again, it'd be nice to see her say that. Right. There's a lot of, she said this and she said that, and it's like, okay, why don't we let her speak for herself? But (laughs) that's true. Like, they made up this kid for whatever reason, and then they were like, he's gone, he's dead, too bad you killed him. That is obviously a punishment. Like, there's no way it's not. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it would be really nice to know any of the other characters, Because all we know is Alice, which I do feel like that makes it like a pretty white feminism movie. (laughs) It's like, oh, she got out. That's good. Phew. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Alice is fine. Movie's over. (laughs) Don't worry about anybody else. It sounds like Margaret has a very interesting story herself, and I'd like to know why she had a fake kid. Was she one of the people who wanted to be there initially? Maybe like she couldn't have kids or something, or maybe she didn't want kids and her husband made her go here so that they can have a fake kid together. Yeah, or like, like,
3: what's her name? Peggy, I think, Kate berlin Yeah. Like, when she's like, oh, you know, always pregnant. That's sort of interesting. Like, yeah. Like, that's right there.
0: Right. Like, is that just her husband likes her to always be pregnant for some reason?
3: Right. Or did she, like, lose a baby or, like you know, yeah. or, like, what, I feel like there's something there, too. Is she literally always pregnant?
0: Right. You know? That would be interesting to know. Mm-hmm. And then, why does Bunny know? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> is Bunny... Bunny is Olivia Wilde's character, okay. where she's like, I'm here by choice. I chose to be here, but I still know that my kids are dead. Why does it help you to be in a simulation and know that your children are dead? Like, why not have your... <laughs> Me. Yes.
3: I mean that, I feel, made sense to me.
0: Really? Know? Like,
3: yeah, totally. I, I want mean, to live in a simulation denial. but
0: still know that my kids are dead?
3: People are there either with their own knowledge or not. Like, she knows that she's there but you know her kids mm-hmm. are there. I mean that makes sense to me in the way that in the universe of the movie you're living in the simulation but that's your life you're living that day to day so her kids are there you know like her. Yeah. It don't just know seems the- like
0: it wouldn't lessen the pain. I guess, to I mean, always the know the kids are real.
3: Well, but the alternative is the kids aren't there at all. Or
0: she has that part of her mind wiped and she's like, this is my life and my kids are here. If you're going to eternal sunshine yourself, do it all the way. I don't,
3: but that's not what's happening. I don't think anybody voluntarily gives up their consciousness and their knowledge. It's like you're either there against your will or you're there of your own accord and gets the people that know they're in there. That's that. (laughs) I don't know. That part Mm -hmm. makes sense to me. Hmm. I mean, like, I guess it's like, okay, I'm leaving this world for that world. You know. No. That makes sense to me. I don't know. Okay.
4: Yeah, that doesn't like with the people that chose to do it. And Jack seemed to be Well, I think all knowledgeable. the men. know. yeah. Cuz he's like I didn't want to do this and then like, you know, she gets dragged away or whatever. He's making these choices. They definitely show him in like that
0: kidnapping Right,
3: I mean, with her, thing, it's almost like people who believe in an afterlife. It's like, well, it's okay, so you're in heaven and your
0: kids are there too. Okay. I just, I guess I'd like to hear heard more of an exclamation. When Alice finally starts asking questions, it's like when she has to go. It's really right. bad timing. She's right. like, wait, well, I have a bunch of questions, but also I guess I better run for my life.
4: Alice, oh, go! Just looking back, like, when we know that Bunny has known she's been there, or chose to do that, like, in the beginning with the tray contest with the drink on the head, she can do it the longest or whatever they made some comment about bunny can do all this with like a cigarette and a drink in her hand or whatever and <laughs> it's like bunny's like killing she's the killing drinking him. and smoking games or whatever <laughs> she's, she's she, on the leaderboard she's she's been here a while it seems like
0: <laughs> she knows
4: all the parlor games
0: i guess she doesn't have to keep getting wiped and maybe that's it when she didn't know she would keep figuring it out anyway, and then that was, like, kind of devastating all over again. But this way, at no. least she knows, and she doesn't have to ever have the electroshock, because right. she's a good little wife who's there on her own court. Yeah,
3: I mean, why would you voluntarily get electroshocked
0: like that? I mean, I wouldn't voluntarily do any of it, I guess. But <laughs> right. Yeah, I was just trying to understand why you would know about it. Like, if you're so gutted that your kids are dead, I guess for me, if I'm so gutted that my kids are dead I can't live in the real world anymore, I would want to forget they were dead. That's the only thing that would make me... Feel better, but yeah. I don't know. She I mean, but way. she said they're real. They're
3: <laughs> real to me. Like the whole thing was real to her. You know, like I feel like the people who who chose to go there like that to them that was like their real life. You know, it's like the same argument. Like, is an AI real then it has consciousness? You know. At some point, I mean, what if they lived that way their entire life? Isn't it essentially real then? Uh, I guess that's
0: true. It just I keep thinking about like the Joey Pants argument from The Matrix about who is like.
3: I know this steak doesn't exist. I know that when i put it in my mouth the matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious after nine
2: years you know what i realize
3: (sighs) ignorance is
0: bliss i can't live here because i know the steak isn't real but I guess yeah, it's just he's different
3: with isn't he, like, the only one in the movie that feels that way, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So,
3: it's just denial, baby. <laughs> 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 Lots of people can live with that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so.
0: I guess so. I didn't like
3: the thing with the saran wrap over her face. Like, I thought it was supposed to be effective and it was kind of goofy. Yeah, and,
0: what was she trying to do with that? I don't know. Either. See if she could, if she was dreaming or wake, wake herself up or... I thought yeah, it was she of was about like, this girl's going crazy. <laughs> yeah, but we already kind of knew that she wasn't at that point.
4: Yeah, the part where she's washing the windows and she gets pulled into the door. Yeah. Yeah, there were so many moments like that where it's like, okay, something's off. Oh, we don't know what happened to the plane. It seemed like a thing, but... Yeah. yeah. It just kind of fizzled, I guess. We well,
0: see Margaret playing with like a red toy plane that was her son's. So maybe that was like a message from Margaret or something, because it crashes right by the headquarters. Because yeah. Margaret's also talking to her through the mirror in the dance class. Oh, right. Like, they don't really ever explain that. They're like connected psychically or something, but I guess it's kind of implied. Again, I really feel like they should have shown them having conversations. Yeah. Or, There's a lot of, like, I see her in the mirror, or I see her on the roof, or she called me on the phone. She, like, references a scene that they... She literally says she came to me and tried to warn me. And it's like, oh, did she? Like, can we see that, please? That was my interpretation of that, was though. It's, like, Margaret's psychic communication. Because it's a big red plane, just like the plane that she's holding right before she jumps off the roof. That's, like, her kid's plane. But, yeah, I mean, there's... They spend a lot of time on imagery and... Yeah. I feel like some directors could pull it off, but I don't think it was pulled off here. But it is really funny that she is like, I'm going to get off of this trolley and go try to help because she doesn't know that that's not really a plane there. Because when she gets there, yeah. there's no plane. Right. So she has seen yeah. something. But she's like, I'm going to go help. Like, how could she help? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> gonna I'm going to go climb this mountain and get really sweaty and dehydrated. And then I'm sure I'll be able to help all of those people in the plane crash. Right. right. <laughs> so that doesn't make any sense either. That's not helping her case that she's of her right mind. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and especially if she's supposed to be a doctor. Like, there's a couple things in the shooting script that are her doing some doctory shit. Oh. And they cut all that. Huh. Like she like cuts her finger and then she instinctively oh, fixes it really so that well. Would have been so much more
3: interesting. Yeah. If there were more hints to reality, I think that would have been way more interesting.
0: I do too. There's a lot of stuff that's just, you've seen it before. And one of those things in particular that just kind of irks me, because I know it's really taxing on the actors, is the scream underwater scene. (laughs) And there is that in there, it's like a, just a dream moment of her underwater screaming, and it's like, why? (laughs) That's really hard for the actor. All we want is to be treated like human beings, not to be experimented on like guinea pigs or patronized like bunny rabbits.
2: I don't patronize bunny rabbits. Like,
0: two of her are like, almost suffocating, basically, oh, right? Two stunts. Yeah. I mean, they weren't innovative. Like, if you're going for symbolism, if she's being suffocated more effective was this one shot of Jack kind of begging her to be reasonable or whatever and he's kind of suffocating her with his body Right, and she's like I can't breathe and she's pushing it on him like I thought that was the most effective of all of the suffocating scenes and the one that would be the least patronizing bunny rabbits of Florence Pugh you know.
2: <laughs> I've already started underlining meaningful
4: passages in her copy of moby Dick you know what I mean?
0: Well I really liked Kate Berlant
4: in this yeah, like her subtle she comedy so I love her. I loved how she talking when they're at the shopping center and she's like we're moving closer to town and it's like they're just <laughs> building a street of houses behind them yeah. and yeah, and Florence Pugh's like, like how does that make you closer to town and she's like well we're closer than those yeah. f- <laughs> be the
0: furthest from town yeah there. exactly
4: I thought and that she was says hilarious her yeah like, like, like obviously
0: she's very funny I I have another lunch. I forget even what she's bragging about doing something, and someone goes, You have to teach me. And she goes, It can't be tough. Yeah. Oh, the order. <laughs> the order. Yeah. Or what
4: does she say? <laughs> it's a skill where I buck convention or something. <laughs> <laughs> my, my appetizers.
3: It can't be taught. There was something when everyone was getting there, and someone's like, I feel like we're late. And the other person is like, We're literally arriving at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: wonder if there was a little bit of improv here and there. A lot of skilled improv people in cast. It's not exactly a meaningful passage, but I think that the cleaning shots are stylish and effective. I really appreciate that. Even though it's been done before, I guess I really don't feel like it could be overdone. And especially with Florence being cute, period. <laughs> right. But just how monotonous it is to fucking clean and do dishes and laundry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is.
4: You have those old-school vacuum cleaners. <laughs> wiping the windows with a newspaper, which I guess was a thing. What? Oh, yeah, because wow. you prevent streaks or something. Oh. I've never done it, but... That was a thing, I think. <laughs>
3: I liked when uh, he was asking her to have a baby, and he said, like, I want more of you. And it's like, having a baby does not give you yeah. more of your parents. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Like, but then he kind of cries up I mean, to be like, I want a little you, which is right. like, yeah, it would be a little her. Having additional ones of her, right. basically, yeah. not more of her specifically. Well, that's good, because you would definitely not have more of her. Yeah, no shit. I thought it was especially cruel, too, that the kids were kind of pains in the ass. Like, a lot of them, except for Frank and Shelley's kids, who are like perfectly well-behaved robots, and I wonder. If Frank was like, I'm gonna make my kids not a pain in the ass, but everybody else's kids are. Cause like Bunny's kids aren't they always trying to strangle each other and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, maybe that's like what that's the personality. Well, oh. no,
3: that's
0: what. <laughs> Shit, girl. Oh, wow,
3: that's. I felt like her kids are always almost dying because they, they really die. Oh. You know, like, that's what she's reliving. Is like she stops it.
0: Oh my god. Fucking hell. <laughs> See, I want that in there. I want that in there. I don't want it to glean it all. You don't have to spell it out, but, like, it shouldn't be like that we have to sit down and try to give everyone a backstory ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: There's a lot of interesting stuff that I feel like is almost there. Because I think that is interesting. If that's what she was like, okay, look, her kids are, like, always almost killing each other, and then we find out they really
0: died, maybe some gruesome way.
3: I feel like there's something there with the, like, always pregnant, you mm-hmm. know?
0: And how those things are like really traumatic for relationships. Like a miscarriage will end a relationship or not wanting kids with your partner will end a relationship or kids dying. But like again, you have to infer all that.
4: <laughs> I thought it was funny with Frank's children, they make and serve the cocktails. So <laughs> right. Bunny's like okay and then the kids like <laughs>
0: she's like okay bye take their cue to yeah, yeah, yeah. like
4: walk away oh, yeah i love that yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah right that little weirdo makes the best manhattan ever. <laughs>
4: <laughs> i thought bunny was pretty funny in some moments like mm-hmm. she had some funny stuff
3: she
0: yeah. did, yeah. I really
3: liked it when it was all the ladies being 50s housewife ladies. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. It was cool to see, like, how they shop and, like, there's the model with the right. new thing and they're like, I'm going to get that.
0: That's the kind of shit that's, like, a clue to it being a video game, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot easier to have that kind of thing than to have, like, a whole mall coded that you'd have to go right. and shop through. Yeah. <laughs> then, like,
4: Jack is like, I got this dress for you. Yeah. And,
0: you know, like, he's just... Right. It's like in Pokemon Go when a new outfit has been unlocked or something. Right,
3: exactly. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, I wrote in
3: the very beginning, I forgot to tell you you're not feeling well.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry I forgot to tell you, but you're not feeling very well. And the only way to cure it is if we stay home all day and I tend to you and kiss you and cook for... Bye. That's cute. Yeah. And then I also wrote Nicole's line, I think it was about Peggy. <laughs> she needs another drink to keep the baby healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's kind of funny that they like. I mean, I guess they
4: can drink in that world because why not? <laughs> I loved when Jack is trying to make mashed potatoes and he's like trying to mash the raw potatoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, you need to boil
0: those. Dumb. I
4: know. That was just a kind of like, really? Is he really trying to do that? Oh yeah. God.
0: That was also what makes me think of like video game overcooked. <laughs> I don't know it's like everything's burning in the kitchen and you have to run around and keep a bunch of shit. Like, oh God, I hate it's very games. stressful. I hate,
3: it's like games that are like a thing that's annoying in real life. Do it as a game. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. That's
1: true. I
0: yeah. Yeah. well, I mean, this is The Sims too, right? Like, I guess this right. is kind of like a glorified Sims situation. I guess. How you have to like make sure your Sims go to the bathroom or they pee their pants. Oh God! (laughs) You have to tell them to eat. It's like (laughs) fucking hell. I already have to tell my children to eat.
4: That's so bizarre that that could be a game because it's
0: like work, you know, like (laughs) like you have your own job and then in your free time you make an avatar go to work and go to the bathroom and. And
3: That's why I feel there's so many like driving games
0: and it's like. Ugh, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Right. Is there an emptying the dishwasher game? Fucking is. Sorry, you incorrectly loaded the dishwasher. Oh, loaded in the most efficient way. Like
3: you have to rinse all the food off. (laughs) Yeah,
0: rinse them, (laughs) Debbie. It's no
2: big. I really liked
0: the way that Florence delivered the line. You made me feel like I was crazy. Thought that was good. To, I mean, obviously every line delivery flawless. <laughs> oh, <God>. Yeah, <laughs> we're going for meaningful passages. Just everything that Florence said and did, but except her cling rat face. Yes, yeah. yeah,
3: that's
4: true. Yeah, I like the way that she said, "and I don't want to be here." And it was like kind of like in a whisper, but it mm-hmm. was really, really intense. At the party. Yeah.
0: I don't want to be here.
4: When she was talking to Jack, basically like, we got to get
0: out of here. Yeah. I mean, those scenes were difficult to watch because of how unmatched their acting is.
4: Yeah, she's She's just so light She can't help but kill
0: it, and he's just, like, barely holding on. He's fine, but it's just not... I really do feel like they should have gone back to the well. (laughs) Yeah,
4: I feel like anybody could have been Jack. I don't know. Like, I was thinking Shia LaBeouf. Like, people say he's a good actor. I don't know. Would he? I wouldn't have liked that either. I don't know if I would have liked him in that either. So.
0: (laughs) There are lots of good young actors. Right. Yeah. Jordan Peele gets them in his movies all the
4: time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it would have been. Yeah, against Florence Pugh, she was just so good in it. Those were, like, the a lot of the other reviews, too. This joke about, like, her back must be hurting from <laughs> carrying the whole movie yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, definitely.
4: And then I thought, like, oh, even before I saw the movie, like, because, like, Warner Brothers, they're kind of in the toilet. Like, they only could afford to have two movies in the theaters. The Swan oh, and, wow. like, Black Adam. I wonder if they were, like, this is, like, our Oscar bait thing mm-hmm. or whatever. That would be so cool if she could get a Best Actress Oscar out of it. But then, like, after seeing it, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was she the Best
0: Oscar. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she might get a nod. <laughs> She's coming out with another movie later this year. The wonder, and I think that will that be her. That sounds fascinating. That I think story that will be her nom, and maybe she could win for that. I don't know, but like I mean, this is a great performance from her. But the overall movie is too much of a mess. Not to like diminish the other actors, especially the other women actors or. Terrific. I've seen Gemma Chan and other stuff. Uh, I haven't seen Kiki Lane or anything else, but she seemed like she had a lot of potential. She nailed the, like, five lines they kept in the yeah. movie. Yeah, and the
4: guy <laughs> who played her husband, he's, yeah. like, a Tony-winning actor. Yeah.
0: He's from Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of talents. I think Chris Pine is fine. I just didn't think that character was very compelling. Right. I've definitely seen yeah. him do great stuff. What's his name? Timothy Simons? I thought he was good. Oh yeah, I thought that was like really good fit for that.
4: Oh, the doctor, the doctor yeah. yeah.
2: Keep calm and carry on.
0: Yeah, he was very menacing. He was pretty effectively menacing. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm just here for fun. <laughs> is, I really enjoy this.
1: <laughs> I'm suicide me
0: huh? Now if you'll excuse me. Did you guys notice the recurring motif of carrots? I've <laughs> Seeing like the whole carrots. <laughs> Oh no! I
4: just, I remember the one where he's like, "Do you want a carrot?" Yeah, but then I—that's like, the only carrot i sexily
0: eating a carrot. But then <laughs> later on, Frank has a carrot. He's like either eating a carrot or feeding a carrot to someone else or offering a carrot to someone else. I was like, "What is the symbolism of the like whole peeled carrot? <laughs> is it like a rabbit hole thing or something?" Maybe, and her name is <laughs> Alice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A
3: jack, a rabbit. Oh, oh my God.
0: <laughs> wow. That's true. I just want to say that I, I love classic cars and I really liked... The imagery of the classic cars driving through the desert. There was a person on Twitter I follow. It's <laughs> at HelloPew, and her name is Sophia. She's kind of like the, the president of the Florence Pugh Twitter <laughs> fan club. And I really liked her suggestion. Early on in the movie, you see all the guys like, going to work toward the portal. They are really like going to work and waking up and doing whatever dumb mm-hmm. shit they have to do to pay for this. Yeah, And it would have been so triumphant if all the women were in the cars driving away at the end. Oh yeah, that was it Like cool. the ending was just clunky. <laughs> right. The cinematography was really great, and I feel like it just kind of fell apart in the editing suite. And yeah, I don't know why. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what's called a lunchtime poll. <laughs> We're going with who could
3: trap you. I thought who or what. Who or what? Who could, how could you be enticed to live in a simulation? Yeah. that's what I thought. Okay, there
4: you go. Well, if it was like Madonna from like the <laughs> 80s, like she could talk me into doing anything pretty much, I think. <laughs> like, if we were gonna live in New York in the 80s or something, oh. like, I'd be down oh, yeah. with that. Like,
3: you're so soaked for desperately. Breathing. I know,
4: I'm, I'm excited to <laughs> see so it. And then I could dress in. like that and oh, be yeah, like,
3: totally.
0: Cool
4: yeah, yeah, I like that. And then we'd go dancing and stuff.
0: San Junipero. I know! <laughs> I love San Junipero. Oh. I know you were not super into that.
3: I'm
0: so, putting it so mildly. Yeah. <laughs> no.
3: No, I'm sorry, but that was one of those things no, where I'm like, I can't believe this is a thing that people are talking
4: about. <laughs> we talked it up a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. No. It,
3: I, with no hype, I would have still not liked that. <laughs> Alright, well, I don't, don't have like a specific person or anything, but my ideal world <laughs> is eleven months of summer, oh, shit. one month of Christmas. Oh. You know, so that's mm-hmm. that's a good start if you want me to, to live in your
0: simulation is that's wow. yeah. I thrive in the sunshine even though I'm alabaster skin. Oh, I love
2: mm. the sunshine.
0: I love the beach. Mm. Mm. What was the last beach you went to?
2: Oh, fun fact about the beach, I read this. Yeah. Beaches are actually some of the filthiest places in the whole world. It's just a sandbox of disease. Oh.
3: And when I say summer, like the beach, you know, so it's Jersey Shore, or we could do like, like hot, a couple of white, hot. yeah, yeah, nice, okay. you know, yeah, yeah, nice, hot. <laughs> <laughs> and then one month where it's just
0: like, so fucking Christmas. <laughs> Just like the real world, then. <laughs> Although that's at least it would be limited yes. to one month in your world and not like three months. Yeah. Uh, they start that Christmas station so troublingly early out here in oh. Seattle. Like, I feel like last year it fucking came out in the middle of October, and I was like, no! I, mean, I do remember hearing
3: Christmas music like pretty early last year.
4: Ugh. Yeah, Costco already has like Christmas stuff. No, no, I don't oh. I like don't Next it. to the Halloween class.
0: Now. I would visit you during the summer part, but I would. <laughs> go to some Halloween land because, yeah, anyway. Um, Well, when you first brought this up, I was like, obviously Florence Pugh could trap me in a simulator. <laughs> I, and I didn't even really it. think much beyond that because I was like, I don't even care what happens there. If she wants me there, I'll just go. No asked, though. As long as you visit me sometimes, that would be important. It'd be role reversal. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll clean your apartment, and you just come, come home and eat the dinner I cooked for you. So maybe we kiss a little. Oh, a nice life for you, too. I like it. I love that for you, too. Thank you.
4: How oh, very. Are we going to talk about the film festival at all? Let's I just, talk about I it, just, yeah. I that yeah. was like okay, such a great. I loved that <laughs> news day. I was watching the spit video like yeah. from different angles. <laughs> <The> <laughs> I know.
0: was, I loved the thing where they were like, <laughs> he dropped a goat. Oh
4: yeah, I liked that, the that one where too. They dropped a goat yeah.
0: in the goat yeah. and yeah. I actually had a little tweet that got a little viral <laughs> from commenting on it. But yeah, that was so fun. I. Really loved it. I really truly want Ryan Murphy to make oh, the yeah, feud that of that great. story. It would be great. It would be amazing. Like harmless fun, I feel like, in a lot of ways. I mean, maybe not yeah. like harmless to like literally everybody, but <laughs> yeah. I guess if Kiki Lane's like, I'm fine because I got my man and I got my check, then yeah. it's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> it was a real crazy time
3: so i wasn't like as addicted to all the drama as <laughs> some people were right? <laughs> some people I, you know. um but yeah i would i think that would be really entertaining like a ryan murphy thing especially if like kate Berlant played herself right? <laughs> and the cruel plays himself right and then get john early in there
1: somewhere would be good oh my
3: god <laughs> For sure. I don't want Sarah Paulson as Florence Pugh. Just because she's always no. in these things. She would be. <laughs> something for her. Some studio
0: person or something. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun to think about. I mean, I can't even imagine who could play Florence. Florence <laughs> would have to play herself. <laughs> like, that, that
4: Valentino dress was just amazing. Yeah,
0: and breaking news, she was just at like some Valentino... I don't really know fashion that well, but <laughs> some sort of Valentina thing. Oh just yeah, now. The, the pink the, thing. She has was... like a pink thing with little chains on it, and Ooh, like a uh... like a white cape over it. <laughs> okay, I gotta oh my look God. that up. She looks gorgeous. There's like a lot of buzz that she might be announced as the new face of Valentino's. Ooh, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh my God, I, I loved mean... her Venice dress so much. So gorgeous from every angle. Like I don't know if you got a 360 view, but like from the back, her butt is sticking out a little bit on the bottom. <laughs> it's yeah. all i know it's like so flowy
4: and glittery and um, <laughs> it was just it's great gorgeous. and the and the shoes with like the feathers and yes
0: yeah <laughs> and i liked the purple ensemble earlier that day yeah, I liked the day too she really looked like she was on Faye fucking cation yeah. <laughs> real good. She really outfit. killed it. Yeah. And she brought her grandma and her mom and her sister. Oh, I love that she and the grandma were like mm-hmm. dancing grandma together. Grandma <laughs> right the red carpet. That was really cute. Her grandma hadn't like gone on any trips since the pandemic, so it took her some convincing and she was like, oh no, I don't think anyone wants to see me. And then people were cheering for her. Grandma Pat on the red carpet and then she yeah. was really excited.
4: Florence, she seems she has a cool family. She's very tight with she her family. She seems very well
0: adjusted. <laughs> and I'm sure She'll be taking family to the Oscars, too, when she inevitably goes. It's always fun to watch her. <laughs> She's great.
3: She's, like, really not saying anything about this movie.
0: Right, that's true. There was definitely some validity to the fact that Olivia just wasn't around a lot, and there was, like, a reported shouting match. There were a bunch of crew members that said that they overheard a shouting match between the two. I mean, the crux of the argument was Florence being, like, I've been directing this movie when you're not here. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was that's so, so wild when they got like 40 crew members to be like, we didn't see anything. <laughs> I know. is not that so weird? <laughs> I always have to sign a document when I didn't see something. Right. <laughs> that seems all on the up and up.
4: Olivia Wilde, she's just very slick. I saw her like on Colbert. She'll be fine. You know, like she's going to be a successful. And I mean like. real
0: popular girl energy. <laughs>
4: she does. Real, yes, that's exactly it. And she has, like, this way of answering questions or, like, explaining situations. It's just like, oh, okay. Like, she's very <laughs> convincing, I guess. You know, she's not, like, Bryan Singer. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't think she did anything horrible. I think it got out of hand. And yeah. she dropped the ball and then she obviously, like, make some bad calls and got called out for them, and she's just like, oopsie, let's not worry about that anymore, everyone, instead of owning up to it, I mean, I totally get the instincts to be like, let's pretend that didn't happen. Right.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's like she doesn't have a way of owning any of the, oh, I shouldn't have done this, or "I, I wish that hadn't happened. I don't know. It just seems like she has this way of deflecting it all as like, if I was a man, nobody would ever talk about this or like... Which is,
0: which I think, is true. I mean, that
4: yeah. is true. It, it is very true. Is. And on the Colbert interview, he was like asking very pointed questions like, so to be clear, was he fired?
2: It m- must be particularly frustrating to have people talking about a lot of things that aren't the film itself. Oh, are they? Really? <laughs> you haven't heard? Uh-uh. No. Uh, there were reports of feuds. Right. People analyzing body language. <laughs> yes. Private messages being released. Yes. Narratives and counter-narratives. Yes. Olivia Wilde. Is there anything or nothing in that list you would like to clear up?
1: Well, you know, it's kind of, it, it's interesting. The whole experience has sort of changed my way of thinking about the Internet and how uh, <laughs> we choose to interact with it or not. Uh-huh. But really it's kind of ironic because all of this is really what the film's about. The film is about the narratives we are fed and whether we choose to accept them Mm -hmm. or question their sources. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you said, there were private messages that were released without context to try to uh, make a situation look like something that it wasn't. Early on in the process of making the film as the director, I tried to mediate, you know, a situation between people to try to see if they could work together happily. Mm -hmm. Once it became clear that it was not a tenable working relationship, I was given an ultimatum. I chose my actress, which I'm very happy I did. At the time, was I bummed that we weren't able to make it work? Sure. Did information about him come to light later that made me confident we made the right decision? Absolutely. Um, So just
2: to be clear here, did you fire Shia LaBeouf?
1: We had to replace Shia. He is a fantastic actor, but it wasn't going to work. When he gave me the ultimatum of you know him or Florence, I I chose Florence, and that was him feeling he was stepping away, and me feeling like we were moving on without him.
2: So, are you saying, just to be clear here, because this is what people are parsing, okay? Yes, yes, and I am a tribune of the people to parse this. Yes. So, are you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, yes, that he wouldn't. DO THE MOVIE IN THE WAY THAT YOU WANTED HIM TO, yeah, there was no... AND THEREFORE HE HAD TO GO, SO HE CAN SAY HE QUIT AND yes. YOU FIRED HIM, AND yes. BOTH OF YOU CAN THINK YOU'RE yeah. RIGHT?
1: IT'S A QUESTION OF SEMANTICS. No, no mean... but,
2: BUT but HONEST TO GOD, IS, yes. is THAT IT? Yes, like, ABSOLUTELY. Like, IT HAS TO BE THIS WAY, AND HE SAID, I CAN'T DO THAT, I'M LEAVING, AND YOU yes. SAID, WELL, THEN YOU'RE FIRED?
1: HE SAID, WELL, THEN THAT'S GREAT. YOU GO, AND WE SHALL MOVE ON. And, AND IT WAS THAT, YOU KNOW, IT WASN'T GOING TO MOVE FORWARD IN THE WAY THAT HE WANTED IT TO. And, and so he had to leave, it, you know.
2: So who controls free... <laughs> the narrative of that story? Is it the star who gets to say they left or the director who gets to say you're fired? Because that's a big struggle on movie sets. Who's in control, the star the or the director? It happens, Olivia Wilde, I ask you.
1: It happens all the time.
4: Her interpretation was, yes, I had to make a choice and I chose my actress. And mm-hmm. But Shia LaBeouf is like, I quit your film, or whatever, and yeah, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, he's, like, trying to be relevant or, like, trying to make his comeback story or whatever and make him seem like he's a changed person, and this is the vehicle for it, but...
0: And I have heard a theory that it's kind of plausible that it was, like, she let him think he quit. Oh. With the whole, like, oh, we couldn't find time to rehearse, and it was like, well, no, there wasn't going to be time to rehearse because he needs to go and didn't know how to fire him. It was handled badly, and it seemed like one of those things where maybe it could have been, like, a harmless lie of, like, we'll let him think he quit, but then later on and like she's definitely doing that for publicity of like no I chose my actress and I have an asshole if we said and I wouldn't stand for it and that's when he was like wait hang on a second
4: and the pay gap thing because she was saying like yes. that was the most offensive to me it was I was an actor and I wanted the pay equity to be not an issue yeah. and didn't she and like she resolve that, that after well we don't, sure. or...
0: we don't know for sure we don't know for sure But that's my theory, is that when that Shia thing came out, that was when she suddenly announced, oh, I'm not going to do any press. And I think she was like, okay, (laughs) here's what we're going to do. And it was like lawyers sat down. Like, we know that lawyers sat down and hashed something out. And I know that she had an issue with the fact that Harry Styles was making more than her, which... Fucking fair because, first of all, he's not even in the movie nearly as much as she is. She's right. in almost every scene. It's insane that he would be even offered more than her for any reason. Like, he's been in one other movie
4: where he didn't with, even talk
0: or. Yeah, like, that's crazy. So, I do think that she was like, all right, well, I won't give any interviews about this if. I don't have to do any promotion, and let's even this out while we're at it. Like I don't know if that happened, but I bet it did. It's not like the director
3: gets to decide how much people get paid, though.
0: Yeah, but a director can push for can it. lobby for that. Yeah, can, sure. yeah, yeah.
4: The other quote, something that I kept replaying on the internet, was like at the press conference at Venice Film Festival. She's like, "I don't think I need to say anything. The internet feeds itself." Yeah, and she's <laughs> like, "I think the internet is sufficiently nourished." She's very slick. She definitely I just has can't, a well, she like. Definitely I'm has a publicist it's
0: who feeds her. She's good at like reading her lines. The publicist. It's favorite. almost
4: like yeah, everything is perfectly crafted. Mm-hmm. before she even told so me just like, like anytime right. you don't want to answer
0: there's like know. five different lines you can say when you don't want to answer a question
3: and they all right. have it's one. Like acknowledge the drama but don't address it you mm-hmm. know? I mean that's
0: just like a strategy yeah. yeah
4: big uh, ceo energy or something <laughs> yeah.
0: it's interesting i mean i feel like someday someone will spill the beans and we'll will know the whole story it'll be a great day when that happens <laughs> <laughs> and it sure has been interesting yeah it's been a fun ride definitely <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of paid in puke please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus if you did not enjoy this episode no further action is necessary. Paid and Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid and Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid and Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid and Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening.
1: Lick it up, baby.
0: Lick it up.